As shared by News Talk ZB on Monday morning, a young couple was shining a light on their seven-year journey to falling pregnant in the hopes of breaking the stigma linked to male infertility. Manu Fisihoi, 32, shared his sense of failure uh, grappling uh, with his struggle uh, to have a child. Uh, it comes as research shared by Fertility New Zealand shows infertility impacts one in four Kiwis in their lifetime and for a heterosexual couple an infertility issue is as equally likely to impact a male as female. Manu Fisihoi joins us now on Pacific Days to share his incredible uh, journey. Malo Alele, uh, Malo Apito and thank you so much for your time today Manu, really appreciate it. Malo Brian, appreciate you guys having me on. As we always do with Pacifica, firstly, by way of introduction, tell us a little bit about yourself, Toko. Uh, Malele, uh, 531, uh, uh, my name is Manu, um, of Tongan heritage, uh, but a proud Kiwi born, raised Tongan. Uh, both parents are from Tonga, and I married. Uh, and have a beautiful five-month-year-old daughter. Being a father, firstly, Manu, what does it mean to you after all that you and your beautiful wife, Hannah, have been through over the last seven or so years? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Being a father now, I'm I'm very honoured, and I say it all the time. I'm very proud. Um, And at times I I feel... um, sadness um for other fathers who are who are yearning that that same feeling because i was once in that position um but i i I also um am still learning (laughs) definitely learning how to um better my my abilities of of being a father uh you know you think being an uncle is is hard, but uh, that's the fun part, eh? Because you get to give the kids back to the parents. <laughs> Tell us about your beautiful daughter. Now, um, how do you yeah. pronounce her name? Uh, Melanina? No, so uh, how to pronounce her name um, properly is Melina. Melina. Uh, her name, yeah. So her name comes from um, my mother, my mother-in-law, and also my, my wife. So my mom's name is Meliame. My mother-in-law's name is Irene, and my lovely wife's name is Hannah. So we've taken different parts of their names to form it. Again, tell us five months in. Tell us about this beautiful yeah. human being. Uh, so five months in, uh, actually today she uh, had to go get her shots, um, two of them. Um, so she's not a happy camper at the moment. Um, but yeah, she's a she. Sounds really cliche, but she is a, a dream come true. Um, I, I I often get home and I forget that I have one because I'm so used to not having a, a child. And so when, when I walk through the door and I see her and she kind of peeks up a little bit now and is able to recognize me a lot more, um, it, it, it's best feeling ever. I, I couldn't... Couldn't have hoped for any more. I'm just grateful that I get to see this perfect little being um, and I'm a part of her life. Take us back to the beginning of your journey for you and Hannah and, and, and where it all started, please, Manu. Yeah, so we, Hannah and I, we, we married uh, in 2015. 
I mean, we had talked about having a family and I always just assumed that I was going to have a huge family. If anyone who really knows me, I was the guy that was telling people, I'm going to have 10 boys. <laughs> Not. <laughs> um, but I, I thought, uh, you know, everything was okay. And I had, had no idea, absolutely no idea that this would eventually be what our life is now. However, Hannah and I, we, we started our journey um, back in 2016 is where we um, tried to do things our own way and we started looking into other things. 2017 came around and we started looking into getting checked out and, and that's when, when we started to, to understand things a little bit more. And so our, our journey with fertility um, or IVF started um, way back then and we've slowly um, learned different things along the path of, of IVF. And along that, we've, we've also learned from other people who've had similar experiences, um, and we're still learning about it. Um, and, and the hope is that more people are able to to know. Um, yeah, so it's, it's been, been a long journey, one that uh, I don't hope everybody or anyone ever goes through. Can you tell us more about the 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 appointment where you found out? Because from what I understand, the issue lay with you and not with Hannah. Yeah, T- tell us about absolutely. that appointment and what the doctor said, and then your your initial reaction, please, Doko. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we, you do a, f- a lot of blood tests. Uh, they do all of that. You do uh, urine tests, and then uh, the GP does all those checks and then they start to send it away to see if there's anything more. Um, I then got referred over to the hospital uh, where they do more checks um, around the, the male genitalia and they, they do physical check. Um, and then you're then required to, to go um, to the labs and, and give samples. Um, of, of your sperm and that's where that's where we had to do that and that's where we, they did the test and they started to find out um, that I had low sperm count or pretty much next to nothing um, and that's what they consider um, part of male infertility is where you're supposed to have millions of swimmers yeah well I pretty much had no swimmers no Michael Phelps <laughs> now uh, also just with regards to the article I understand 12 is it 12 sperm which yep. you have frozen or still have frozen yep. so we so hannah and i we we managed to, to be able to or i successfully was able to to find something which which uh, came to be 12 um and of that 12 um we managed to freeze the ones that were um that we were able to pretty much incubate or, or put into a um or grab hannah's eggs marry them up and put them into a freezer and it became an embryo. That's what they call them. Um, and we, what came off strong was five of those. Um, and, and along that journey, um, Hannah had gone through the same process. Um, and it's, it's quite a lengthy one where different things happen. Um, but you, you don't really realize that how much the females have to actually do unless you're actually there. And so I had my siblings, my my family get involved so they understood how to best support us. When you find out with regards to, you know, the issue around infertility, 
Yeah. Talk to me about how that impacts you. You know, you talked about, hey, I'm going to have 10 kids and then only to find out that you can't even yeah. fall pregnant. How did, how did that yeah. impact you and your relationship with Hannah? Absolutely. Oh, man, my, my sweet wife. Um, so when I initially found out, I, I tried to um, tell myself, nah, surely that's not true. I'd do another test. Um, but the facts were there. Um, and I, I, I did feel way less of a man. I, I felt like, um, what, what's, what's, am I even important? Am I even relevant anymore? Um, and I even had the discussions with my wife that I, I'd rather her go be with someone else um, who could, who could give her that, um, that opportunity to, to fulfill her dreams um, because I couldn't do it for her. And that, that was the thought for quite some time. And we we had no idea that I, I could even have the opportunity and, and so those 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 hurt our relationship quite a bit. Um and it took a while for me to really believe that no matter what, my wife still wanted to be with me. And it, it took it took a lot in me to to really dig deep to to say, no, you know what? If this woman has been through this much and is still with me, um, this is worth fighting for. No doubt, Toko, the, the questions from Kainga, yeah. from family on both sides. <laughs> yeah. There are, you know, nephews and nieces being born, you know, in both families. Yeah. And I don't know, I can only imagine that it would be like a little prick in the heart. How did both you and Hannah navigate that journey yeah. and how you were keeping yourself sort of sane, you know, while mm. still d doing the whole IVF journey? Yeah, good question. Um, me and my wife were very different. <laughs> um, I'm a very logical and I try and see things differently. And my wife, um, she's, she, she, she's very logical as well, but she also has a lot of emotion that comes with that. Um, and with her body and all the things that have changed. Um, for me, I loved it. I loved seeing my um, my family and friends having kids. It, it was it was so awesome for me because I, I, I had already named myself the world's greatest uncle. And, and so for me, seeing these kids come into this world, I was just so happy. Um, so for my friends and family, they, they knew that. Um, for my wife, it was a little bit more difficult, and I won't speak too much about um, that side, but all I do, uh, what I can say to that is that my wife, um, it was hard for her to be around um, her siblings, my siblings, who, who had children when we were trying. Um, it was hard for her to be able to, to accept things because she felt like she deserved them, and rightfully so. Every, every woman who's, who's doing good, and is able to to provide for a child that comes into this world, absolutely. For the the part that pricks my heart the most, um, Brian is is seeing um, children who aren't cared for by their parents. It makes me feel like, why did they deserve to be parents? Well, how come the, these kids uh, got no shoes and they're cold, and you see the snots running down their nose, and the parents are wearing the brand new clothes that they're. Eating the best foods, like why are they parents? What, uh, and so that's what pricks my heart—not my family and friends, um, but people who 
I see and I've observed throughout Aotearoa um, and even in America, even in Australia, that I just felt like, man, these guys have, don't know what they have. How do you answer that type of internal uh, conversation with yourself, Manu? You know, as you hmm. see the unfairity of the whole situation. Is it like, you know, hey, God, why? Or, you know, how did you answer those questions for yourself to, to be at peace hmm. with the whole situation at the time? With my, with my family and friends, that was a very easy thing um, because I loved them first. And, and it didn't take much for me to, to know, oh, this is just another part of them coming into the world. Um, with other people, uh, um, I, I started, the first, absolutely what you said is like, man, God, what? why are these people getting so blessed? And yet they're not looking after these blessings. Um, and then a, a different side of it was, I don't understand what's really going on. It might be just that this day they actually got their child ready and they, they were actually fed. And because children being children, they like to run out, get all muddy and whatnot. And so I've had to try and put that way of thinking on um, instead of just the approach of, ah, oh, they're useless parents, they're terrible. Can you tell us more about the IVF process and and how it how it works and you know what are we looking at in terms of the cost as well, Manu? Yeah, so for us, um, it was free uh, because of the severity of yeah, thank you um, of of um, my abilities, <laughs> I guess, to have children. Um, but there is there is a, a threshold that you must meet, so they do. There's a test that, that you have to meet in order to be eligible for public funding, but all of that needs to be referred for. You can go um, and, and pay for it yourself, um, but you're looking at tens of thousands of dollars to get that stuff completed. Um, and, and tens of thousands of dollars doesn't even guarantee you that you're going to be successful. And so for people who, who really want to go that way, it's faster because public funding means you have to wait. And the waiting list is about 24 months, 18 to 24 months. So you, you just have to wait it out. Oh, sorry, 18, uh, 12 to 18 months, I think. Um, and we were just very fortunate that we got in at the time we did. Um, and it was about 12 months where we, we, we were able to get to the top of the list and the phone calls, conversations, specialists, doctor's appointments, um, and different times where Hannah would have to go and um, give her bloods to test different things, and so there's there's a whole there's there's a lot to it. Um, and I just feel like for Maori and Pacifica, um, we shy away from that stuff. We we don't we don't want to be helped. We 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 want to try and figure things out on our own sometimes because we're we're too proud of our our ourselves. Um, but yeah, it's, but the the process is very lengthy. Um, yeah, it's one that that can definitely test a relationship and, and even test one's um, oneself and, and potentially losing themselves. Mm. You 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 get to the top of the list, but then another whole journey begins with the actual procedures. 
and then the emotional roller coaster that that brings with the highest of highs and the lowest of lows with the excuse me you know like the, the near misses or that how how do you how do you overcome that as as a as a couple and stay the course manu I don't think you, you ever get over it. Um, we, we, had, we had a couple of miscarriages and um, it, it was a difficult time. <clears throat> yeah. Um, you don't you don't ever get over it you you can hope for better days um you, you can definitely continue to to talk to it and and um think of the positive things that are out here um but it makes it hard because you're missing a part of you that is now gone um and you never got to really hold it or, or see it and so miscarriages is, is something that i i i feel for everyone who goes through that we got to feel that um and my poor wife you know watching um a part of us um literally be drained out out of you is definitely um it's eye-opening but it's also something that's very hurtful um and for us the way that we got out of it or i, I don't think everybody ever gets out of it but the way that we've been able to move forward um, has been to continue to love each other, um, grow alongside each other, and really have each other's back. Um, but we were also surrounded and supported by um, very key people in our lives um, that have continued to be supports for us. And my my um <clears throat> my little daughter's name, my my baby, she's her middle name was Eliane. And those two people uh, have played a huge role in our lives. Um, so my cousin Ellie and his wife Saane is who we've named our daughter after. And they're also her godparents. Mafana. Mm. When you got the news that you fell pregnant uh, with baby Manu uh, and with uh, Hannah, and that journey yeah. of pregnancy, knowing everything that had happened before and with the previous miscarriages. Tell us a bit about that. Up until the birth of your beautiful angel, how was that for you both? <laughs> um, uh, looking back at some of the footage eh, that um, Hannah got, my reaction wasn't like, woohoo! It, it was more like, a, oh, man. I hope this is it because I, I had done that. The first time we fell pregnant, it was a massive, massive, like, hallelujah. Um, but then over those miscarriages and you continue to come forward, it, it wasn't, it was more of a, this is, I hope this is it. I got a good feeling. Um, even though I said that the last time and the last time, um, but throughout our journey, there was always constant scares because we've had those miscarriages. And for my wife and I, we, you know, it was constantly me going, it's going to be all right, it's going to be all right. Um, 
and you know because my wife um, had been traumatized by these um, miscarriages she would often just go see the doctors even if it was nothing at the end of the day she still went and saw them and, and felt better about herself um, and so for the journey leading up to it there was a a lot of panic at different times I had pictured I, I pictured this moment from the day we decided that we wanted to have kids and I told myself oh, I'm gonna make sure I get a fresh haircut or make sure I look good for the photos <laughs> oh man it didn't happen that way at all just went straight there didn't even get to sleep because she would really started having contractions um and we were meant to do this count that they give you. You're meant to count a few. There's a uh, so for every three minutes, if there's a minute in between where you get contractions, you know you're having contractions. Blah blah blah. And so that wasn't happening for Hannah. So I was like, oh no, we'll just stay here. And then uh, eventually, my wife's like, no, we need to go. And we decided to take off. This is a long story short. Took off. Hannah thought she was about to give birth in the car. And we get over to the um to the birthing center out in Botany, and we find out that Hannah was pretty much almost at nine cent uh the centimeters millimeters centimeters dilated, and oh, I was like, man, we could have had the baby inside the car, and so it took it, it didn't take too long. Um, my my mother-in-law was doing her best to shoot up from from Hamilton, and she got there, and literally half an hour. Um, later, when uh, my mother-in-law got there, um, our sweet angel came out. She actually shot out like a torpedo. We had a natural water birth. <laughs> um, and so she came out all purple. And <laughs> I was like, whoa. Didn't know they came out that color. <laughs> Saw things in my life that I was like, wow. <laughs> what an image. <laughs> it it um, really helps and, uh, to appreciate yeah. your wife more, eh? Especially yeah, when the baby's coming out, yes. Uh, you're the real champion. <laughs> and uh, so I, you know, I, I was, I've always been scared of holding baby girl babies. Um, sorry about that. Um, but I've, I've never had a problem with boys. I just grab them and hold them. But I start sweating and stuff. But however, that all went away. Um, it didn't go away straight away. I still had those fears. I was like, man, what if I break her? Whatever she just slips out, um, but yeah, it, it was the the most humbling, rewarding. It, it was hard to cry because we were so dehydrated. Um, I was trying to hold my wife up while she was pushing, and I ended up slipping and then spraining my ankle. <laughs> so it was, it was interesting, but just um, it, it, it was amazing. It was one of those moments in your life where you're just in awe. That everything stops for a moment and it's perfect. Describe, if you will, oh no, why for, for you to come forward and to share and shed light on this manu, you know, since... Uh, you've gone through this journey. Have you come across, you know, any other Pasifika that are, are, are going the same journey, uh, similar to you and Hannah? And why for you to come forward and, and, and shed a light, you know, being such a real raw and uh, sensitive, you know, issue and, you know, bringing it out yep. to the public? 
I think a lot of it has to do with um, me personally. I'm a very open book. Um, and my wife has, has her social media platforms that she puts out a lot of content in regards to this. Um, I'm not very good at social media, <laughs> so I tend to stay off that. Um, however, I'm constantly having these conversations um, with many individuals, and a lot of them are my friends. Yeah, a lot of them are my friends or people I've met along the way um, through different avenues or through different pathways, journeys of my life um, and have reached out and asked these questions um, because they simply don't know um, or they don't know where to turn to. And so for a lot of our people um, that, have, that have reached out, which I will say over, over 100 that have inboxed me directly, um, I've, I've been able to to have these conversations and even have FaceTime or, or have asked them if they wanted to meet face-to-face. -face. But yeah, I, I just feel like I have an opportunity to share something that is of worth and of value. Um, I know what it's like to not have information out there that I need. Um, so Hannah and I have decided to self-employ ourselves <laughs> as the... Um, Fertility and infertility, IVF couple that um, just talks about it. When you have those conversations, what are some of the the things that you say, advice or encouragement, knowing full well the journey that you've both been on with infertility? Well, here's one thing. I never tell people that they're going to have a baby. I think that... Um, for me personally, I can't speak for everybody, but me personally, I feel that's very insensitive. Um, because I know of people who who are now a lot more older, who have passed, who have done every test possible, and um, just unable to have kids, and 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 the hurt that they've felt because of comments like that. Um, but advice that I would give is. That your journey is unique. Um, there are others out there who can empathize with you, may not fully understand how you, how you feel. I don't ever tell people that, oh, I know exactly how you feel. I don't, because I don't know what the relationship is like. Um, I can only go off based on my own experience, my own um, thoughts, and so forth. For that, I would say to, to people um, that are going through through this, there are resources out there. Um, you can look these up. Um, there are there are Facebook groups, Instagram book uh, groups that are available for you to join up. Um, and you don't even have to speak or anything. You can stay anonymous if you'd like. Um, and all you're wanting to do is be a listener. And maybe you do have a question and that's where you can ask. Um, or you can ask, um, you can ask me, you can ask Hannah, doesn't matter, we'll, we'll do our best to respond. Um, but love, love each other fearlessly, learn to grow through these pains, um, because that's where the real growth will come through. And, and if you can make it through the day before, that means you've got another day that you can start to tackle, make it through, and, and yeah, just keep going. My 
since baby's been born, have there been any talanora? Is it too early at this stage discussing adding to your beautiful family and, and aiming towards the goal of 10, Manu? <laughs> uh, I won't lie, I, I wish we could, you know, however, um, the talanora has definitely already started. Um, it's funny you, you asked that because um, two nights ago, um, I, I saw this TikTok and it was of a couple of people who um, don't throw away their child's first clothing and they sew it into a quilt. And I said to my wife, oh, this is what we're going to do. And she said, oh, no, we can use it to hand it down to for the next one. And, and I was like, oh, next one. <laughs> Take it easy. <laughs> we just, I just saw some things still stuck on my mind. <laughs> um, but she, um, uh, yeah, she's brave. She's a strong woman. Uh, the strongest woman I've ever known in my life. And um, we started talking. And I was like, yeah, you know what? Maybe we have a boy. On a boy. Um, but, you know, whatever it is, if we do end up um, going through it, I, we hope. We hope that it is a successful journey. Um, and, and we hope that it's a successful journey for, for everyone, whether you're on IVF or you're doing um, it normally and you're just um, wanting to, to grow your family, however that may look. It's a very uh, big thank you, Maro Opito. Uh, Manu Fisi'ihoi and to your amazing wife Hannah and to beautiful baby uh, Malina uh, bless you guys yes. and thank you so much for, for sharing with us today really appreciate it also uh, thank you thank you Brian